This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to the Equity Mate Summer Series, proudly brought to you by Comsec, the home of investing. Over 12 episodes, we're deep diving into some of the most exciting, interesting, and well known companies from around the world. Each episode, we're unpacking one company with one expert investor, and we'll be learning from their process and hear why they like the company. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm very excited for this episode. We are officially halfway through the summer series. We've covered some really fascinating companies, but the thing that I really love about it is that we're learning how these investors approach a variety of different companies. Mm. Last episode, we spoke to Tobias Carlyle about InMode, and that was purely a value investor play. Yeah. He... <laughs> we had some questions about what the company did, um, but it was for him like the financials were compelling, the valuation was compelling. And, you know, th- that analysis was one way of investing and one way of making money in the stock market. Mm. I'm pretty confident that this conversation we have with Junbei Lu is going to be the opposite. We're talking about Altium, yep. which has been a, an incredible Australian story, but this is not a value stock. This is a growth stock. And so the the skills that you need to analyze a company and the way that you approach a company like this, completely different. And that's what I love about doing this summer series. We get to learn from some of the best in the business and talk about a variety of companies. So for people not familiar with Junbei Lu, she is a portfolio manager at Tribeca Investment Partners. And as I said, the company we're talking about today is Altium. Now, the Equity Mates Summer Series is proud to partner with Comsec, the home of investing. Often we get frustrated with the lack of access to international markets, particularly when there are so many great opportunities outside of Australia. However, with Comsec, those opportunities are a reality with access to 13 international markets from the US to Norway, Japan, and Germany. Invest in shares on the US market from just $5 USD brokerage. Download the Comsec app today or visit comsec.com.au. Comsec T's and C's and other fees and charges apply. Investing in overseas markets exposes you to additional risk. Now, before we get started, we need to remind you that while we are licensed, we are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Any information on this show is for education and entertainment purposes only any advice is general. Now, Bryce, with that said, before we jump in with Junbei Lu, let's unpack the company ourselves. We're talking about Altium, yes. one of Australia's WAX stocks, 
Which was, mm, yeah, mm. you remember that? Yeah, I forgot about that. It was our acronym probably like four years ago now. Oh, less. Like pre-COVID, less. I think. Or maybe During, early days of COVID. Yeah. WiseTech, Afterpay was still around. Yeah. Altium, zero. Uh, there was one a. other A, yeah, three you, can you A's. Get it? Um, Altium, Afterpay, and... Oh, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. Uh, AI. AI. It's an AI-related stock, but it hasn't done well. It's going to annoy me. What was it? It trained. It created oh, training yeah, modules yeah, yes, for the yes. big uh, uh, large language uh, modules. It was so hot. Uh, um, uh, no. Appen. Appen, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So for people who didn't enjoy that weird <laughs> guessing game, uh, those five stocks were known as the WAC stocks and they were seen as Australia's answer to the FANG, Fang stocks, yeah, which yeah. were the big US tech stocks over mm. in America. Yes. That was obvious because I said US. Some of them have fallen away. Appen has not done too well. Afterpay has got acquired and then I imagine if it was still listed, it wouldn't be doing too well. Mm. Maybe it would follow a similar trajectory to Zip. Mm. But Altium is one. Well, WiseTech has separated itself. Oh, right. zero, is so that, zero. zero is done very yeah, well. Those two um, Altium has done incredibly well as well, but it's probably the least known of the five. It is, Ren. Altium ASX ticker ALU. It's an Aussie software company that develops and sells electronic design automation, as they call it, EDA software. In layman's terms, they help engineers design and manufacture their software helps engineers design and manufacture electronic products such as printed circuit boards. Yeah, yeah, it's printed circuit board. Yeah. So for people who are unfamiliar, think of a like a microchip uh, and with all the like little wires and transistors on it, their software helps engineers design those. Those, yeah. which are applicable and relevant to many a industry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All industries, I would say. Well, uh, media, yes. Yeah, we Electronics. are. <laughs> we are literally record. We're using laptops. We've got cameras filming yeah. us, and we're we're recording into Cars, a sports uh, roadcaster. Um, so Honestly, that let's all have the, microchips. Let's play this game of sports. Can I, Every athlete now wears like a catapult yes, tracker that has yeah, a microchip okay. sports in it. Is one. Yeah. Aerospace. Keep going. Well, yeah, <laughs> planes. Yeah, uh, yes. Um, marine science. I bet you Altium's stoked at how we're introducing <laughs> their company. I bet you Jumbe Lu is listening to this thing like, this is great. Uh, marine science, yes. Uh, every um, tracker and a- anything that's collecting data oh, on ocean be. currents or animals. Okay, so we'll... Um, <laughs> Can we, can we move on from yes. this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, the software helps engineers design these printed circuit boards and they've really just gone from strength to strength and really ridden the rise of the industry. Mm. Um, they've made some acquisitions that we'll, we'll talk about in a second, but I think you know last year they were up more than 30%. Over the past five years, their share price has more than doubled. It's been a... Pretty incredible Australian success story and they're now taking on the world. Yes. So the business is broken up into a few parts. They have software that is obviously designed for this um, circuit board um, designing. They also have a platform for managing data. They're involved in cloud-based supply chain management. And here you go. They have something called Circuit Studio, which is a free uh, circuit board design software for hobbyists if we ever want to give it a crack ourselves. Now, the business itself, the majority of the revenue, 82% of revenue comes from their software design, yep. um, close to 200 or just over $200 million a year. 
And then the second largest part of the business is their cloud product, which uh, delivers about $60 million in revenue. Yeah. Now, their cloud platform is called Octopart. It was acquired, I believe, in 2017 by Altium. And it's essentially, um, it's like a, it's, I guess, a marketplace or it allows engineers to search for electronic and industrial parts. So if you need something to go on your printed circuit board. A Global search function. Yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah, so it aggregates, you know, different parts makers and distributors and manufacturers and helps you find what you need. Search millions of electronic components. Wow. Yeah, it's a whole other world. It is a whole other world. I'm kind of thinking about this free software and interested just to see what it even looks like. But anyway, well, I'll Bryce, take that offline. Do you want to know $100 that? $100 challenge. Can I create? <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, you know what? That free software is out of this world, literally. Okay. Because it's in the cloud. No, because um, <laughs> NASA's Mars Ingenuity Copter, the electronics on that were designed using Altium software. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well played to Altium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they're um they're right in the middle of a lot of mega trends. And I, I think that's probably the important thing to stress because AI is the thing we think about. Mm. And you know, they're obviously right in the middle of that boom. But, you know, like electric vehicles, electronics are now responsible for about 40% of a car's total cost. There's more silicon in cars than ever before. The cars are basically like a giant computer with a heap of sensors now. And then, you know, Altium is right in the middle of that. Internet of things and mm. smart devices, more and more silicon in all of those. Altium's right in the middle of all of that. So they're riding a lot of great mega trends. Yeah. And they position themselves like a tech company. And I, I find this interesting. I, uh, I'd be interested to know. But they are a tech company. Just, just, just hear me out. Tell me what you think of this. So they, they talk about some of the big tech companies of today. You know, Facebook, it's the biggest media company, but it owns no media. Netflix is the world's biggest movie producer or movie house but it owns no cinemas uber is the world's largest taxi company but it owns no taxis yeah airbnb's world's largest hotel uh, hotel owns no real estate like that that's and then they're like altians the world's largest platform for the production of electronic hardware <laughs> owns no fab or factory uh-huh so that's how they sort of position themselves fair call not quite the trillion dollar valuation of some of the other companies but yeah 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 <laughs> Isn't it that that's just like um, Nvidia though, isn't it? Like, well, Nvidia design. Yeah. Yeah. So, but same thing here. Well, yeah. yeah. I would say Nvidia probably fits this more. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. Um, who knows? I actually don't know if this is true. Nvidia or some of Nvidia's peers might design on Altium software. True. I imagine Nvidia probably don't. Probably got their own <laughs> own stuff going on. <laughs> um, but look, to give you some of the financial metrics, so as you said, they did about $260 million in mm -hmm. revenue last year. The year before that, 220 mil. The year before that, 180 mil. Great. So they're growing at a pretty impressive clip, about mm. 20% a year. Here's an impressive thing for small growing tech companies. Profit. They are profitable and they've been profitable for a while, which is something that you like to see. And the profit hasn't been growing up and to the right. So last year, they did $66 million profit. The year before that, 55 mil. The year before that, hundred, just over 100 mil. So, you know, like the profit is variable, but I'm looking back 
from 2023 to 2016, they've been profitable every year. Mm. One of the biggest drivers of growth of that revenue line, Ren, is actually their cloud business. No surprises with the enterprise portion of that growing 143% in 2023. Similar to Mary's thesis on Alphabet with uh, uh, revenue growth and business opportunity coming from the cloud. So Yeah, yeah so it's a, it's a great story. Um, you can look in their financials and look at, they're growing in a lot of parts of the world, which is really exciting to see. They also have a lot of cash on their balance sheet, about $200 million in cash on their balance sheet, which gives them some optionality and it's good to see as an investor. So I think if we put a full stop here, and obviously we're keen to speak to Junbei Lu about this and get her bull and bear case, but I think if you pause here, we've been pretty glowing about the company despite us not really understanding the intricacies of (laughs) circuit board manufacture, the question that investors always have about a company like this is valuation. Mm. So it's currently trading at a 60 price to earnings. It's a $6 billion company that does $260 million in revenue. You're paying for it. Big time. And so it's got to keep growing to grow into its valuation. Mm. It has been growing though. So. That's, I think, uh, a key part of the conversation we should have with Jumbei about like, let's get through how great a company it is and how great an Aussie success story is. it is. And then talk about, well, if we're approaching it today as we start 2024, how do we think about buying it at its current price? Now, before we speak to Junbei, if you're interested in exploring more investment opportunities, check out Comsec and the thousands of Australian and global listed companies available on the platform. Additionally, if you're looking for daily market updates, subscribe to Comsec Market Update, their daily podcast. Invest in shares on the US market from just $5 USD brokerage. Visit comsec.com.au for more. Comsec T's and C's and other fees and charges apply. Investing overseas exposes you to additional risk. We'll be right back with Jumbei Lu after this short break. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to the Equity Mates Summer Series. We're here with Junbei Lu. Junbei, welcome to Equity Mates. Thank you for having me, guys. So to kick off, how would you describe Altium? 
Look, LTM is a company that uh, focuses on the design of the circuit board. And uh, this circuit board, everyone would know, it's a thing that enables a lot of electronics, goes into cars, and these days it goes to pretty much everything. And the company itself was started in 1985, and uh, its main product, LTM Designer, is globally recognized. It's a global business, and it dominates some of the, the SME space and, and a few others. But it is incredibly successful and it'll be around for a very long time in what it does. Yeah, it's an incredible Australian. Australian success story and then as we we're researching the company they they also have this um like the cloud platform the um what's it called octoparts or something mm. can you tell us a little bit about that part of their business as well yeah of course so when it first started with those software businesses all they did was they're selling the software so people purchase the software and then uh, maybe pay a little bit of fee every year but it's you know it's the initial money is all from selling the software but now they've established this cloud where you know actually they've been building on this for many many years now and they managed to migrate a lot of their customer you know you pay a upfront fee started paying a lot more in terms of subscription and they get a lot more uh, better functionality and they get live updates. You get access to so many things while the cloud is actually hosting, become a host, a platform of all their needs, the design software needs. So, you know, it's a really, you know, it is a software that actually has been designed for the future, enable the rapid change in terms of updates um, and also enables the future of the need for, you know, adopting some of those AI functionality. You know, so the business has really been building towards it for a very long time and then they kind of halfway through shifting a lot of their customers from the older sort of generation into the cloud business. Mm. So Jumbe, let's turn to the metrics. When you're looking at a company like this, a software company and one that is uh, expanding, uh, how do you think about the metrics to keep an eye on when you start forming your bull case? What metrics matter? And then also importantly, what doesn't matter? Yeah, of course. So look at what metric really matter for a growth company is one is the addressable market. <laughs> so how far you can go. And that's the ultimate goal, how far you can go. And two is that you want to see their track record because are you really gaining shared? Can you demonstrate that your ability to really grow and capture some of those addressable markets? And also for us, what's really important for those growth companies also is that can you commercialize it? Are you actually profitable? You're making money from it. You know, a few years ago when money was cheap, there was a lot of um, you know, people sort of lose focus on those growth company in terms of growth at any cost. Um, whereas, you know, we really want to see profitability. You're growing very fast and you make a lot of money and that's what's important. So, you know, looking at this company through the circuit board, uh, printed circuit board um, sort of software space, just that current space, they dominate the SME market globally. And then they actually um, has a, something like 40% market share globally. That's quite incredible for, you know, little Australian company that's sort of just gone global because they're software is very well known, very well used. And then like many things, it's a little bit almost like Adobe. But a lot of time people say, oh, why can't they use the copycat product and, you know, the Chinese copycat product. But because of the functionality and because the way the designers are trained on these softwares, they don't churn. Once they start using it, they will use it. So the churn rate is very low. And then once they dominate that market, it doesn't, um, it continue to grow with the market itself. And then what they have done recently, they expanded their addressable market. They moved into the enterprise, which is a little bit larger space. And recently they have won a lot of contracts in that front as well. So, you know, they got Mercedes, NASA and Breville, some of the big enterprise names that they won. You know, that is going to 
I cut quite a lot of growth for that space as well. And the company itself, in terms of profitability, the company normally have a, a rule called 50% rule. So, you know, they want a top line growth. So, for example, top line growth has been growing at teens, uh, so say 16%. And then they want a margin that sort of sits in that 34, 35%. So, add them together, should be a 50 rule. So, the company does this 50% rule and uh, just means high single digit growth and uh, over 30%, 30, 35% sort of margin. And that is incredibly profitable for a tech company here in Australia because Australia, you know, it's quite rare for a company that's growing so fast and still being very, very profitable. Yeah, so this, uh, these are some of the metrics. So it's a long way <laughs> talking about what we uh, see in this company. Yeah, it's actually great to look back on their history of their financials and see that they've been profitable for a long time while they're still in this growth phase. Mm. Are there any other aspects of the business that, that really form the bull case and the thesis for you? Yeah, absolutely. So as we touched on before, strong execution, a huge addressable market and, uh, you know, good cash flow. That's already underpinned the bull case. But I think there is something in the blue sky here because we're talking about, you know, in the whole AI revolution, obviously there's rapid changes and growth across everything. you got to think about like as electronics becomes more advanced and uh, as AI take over, you know, design of many things, you will need perhaps redesign in circus board. You will need so innovation in this space potentially could be you know astronomical, and this company is very well positioned to really follow that growth and participate in that strong lift that is to come. Of course, that's blue sky, but that is something that's very real. But that's not in anyone's price, to be honest. So, if that's the bull case, Junbei, let's turn to the bear. What are you concerned about with you know a growth company like this, solid market share? Mm. Uh, what are the red flags that you're looking for? So, as a growth company, you have to watch a couple of metrics uh, because if they disappoint share price can fall a lot it's not only fallen by the earnings downgrade it's really fallen your multiple shrink and the things can go wrong very quickly so uh, the metrics we'll be looking for will continue to we need to see the continued evidence of the uh, continuation of transition from you know the upfront revenue customers into the more cloud-based and so far all execution all numbers looking very very strong we need to continue to see uh, say the enterprise market that they grow into continue to show that very strong trajectory right now it's pretty much from the bottom left to the top right <laughs> we kind of need to see that trajectory that will be closely monitored you know in terms of how many customers you're adding and all of that and it's looking very very strong and I guess in this environment when things are growing very fast we do need to kind of monitor the subscriber growth and then monitor the cost as well you know is a growth at any cost you know is the margin going to be impacted if there's competition suddenly picked up for those markets or maybe there could be new entrant but you know, our comfort is that this company has been around for a long time and they operate in the industry, in the space where, you know, Circus Ball hasn't really been changed all that much. Mm. They got smaller, but they still haven't changed all that much. So as a design software, they really have really built, entrenched themselves into the design process of this. And they are so well known, like Adobe, um, so well known that we just not really seeing the new entrant coming and threaten the market structure. You know, we have many new entrants, like a lot of copycats and others. People they are never used to a material extent just because, you know, you don't get proper servicing, you don't get proper update, and now you're shifting to cloud, um, you're locking your customer. So all of that together um, will be closely monitored. But I think, you know, over the long-term trajectory, this company is very well positioned for that kind of growth. But we've got to monitor every time when there's an update because sometimes if the update, uh, say the subscriber, there might be slowdown in certain things 
affecting it, I think a few years ago, was that China had locked down their things <laughs> and uh, their sub-growth out of China was a little bit slower and they creates buying opportunity because that's a short-term impact and then they caught up quite quickly after that. Yeah. So I think, you know, mo- most people have heard of Altium in the context of the wax stocks and, um, and you look at its financials, you look at the $200 million in cash it has on its balance sheet, like there, there's no getting around that this is a great company. I think where a lot of people look at Altium and ask the question is the valuation. I think it's trading at about a 60 times multiple at the moment. So how do you think about valuing this company and I guess get comfortable at where it's trading now? Yeah, I think you look forward to the next two, one or two years. The multiple drops significantly. But normally when you look at you look at the EBITDA multiple. And uh, we compared this one with the likes of Zero, the likes of WiseTech, and, you know, pretty much these three. And, um, you know, our view is that compared this one with WiseTech, it is still significantly cheaper. Now, WiseTech is a great company, but we do struggle a little bit with the valuation. And particularly in the time when volume potential will be a little bit weaker. So, you know, they're kind of sitting in that space where at the moment, you know, earning may be a little bit softer and valuation a little bit high. So it kind of seems to be the wrong time to be only wise tech, but it's a great company for force, maybe a good opportunity. But we just compare this one with West Tech and we do feel earnings on the way up for Altium. It's still not well owned compared to, you know, the likes of Wise Tech and Zero. And we think there's opportunity for it to participate in all these blue sky AI and the like. And it's it's much cheaper compared to the wise tech. In terms of zero, I think, you know, we like zero as well. And, uh, but we think this one is a bit cheaper than zero. And then, you know, zero is at the moment, it's a bit of a cost out story uh, in the next 12 months. I think under the, um, you know, stewardship of the new CEO, I think zero will do well, but just relative valuation does position LTM a little bit ahead of those names. So, you know, so when we look at our growth with our portfolio, we always have a little bit of everything. We have a little bit of growth company, a little bit of value company, a little bit of, you know, tech, healthcare. So in our tech space, we kind of just see this one is relatively look pretty good relative to, you know, some of the other names. Yeah, great. So I guess my final question when it comes to Altium, and I guess we've sort of touched on the long-term competitive advantage they've built and they're maintaining around uh, this sort of design software of choice for people designing printed circuit boards. And they've got a global reach and, um, you know, the whole industry is growing. And so you think about, all right, well, what could disrupt that? And uh, you've mentioned that there have been some cheaper competitors that have come along and they haven't really been able to dislodge Altium. It's been a sort of Adobe-like sustainable competitive advantage. And then I guess my mind goes to, does the way that we design printed circuit boards change and does that disrupt them? And, you know, AI is sort of the buzzword on everyone's lips. And is there a risk from there that, you know, we start getting AI designed printed circuit boards and that disrupts Altium's position in the market? Yeah, look at this is actually really interesting, right? Because AI is coming to every industry and uh, every industry is faced with opportunities and threats. Um, so I think for this, absolutely it will change. When we have the AI tool, it's filtering into everything we do. Like, you know, we will use some of the things to streamline our process and the like. Now, 
But remember, when they operate in that PCB design space, it's very sophisticated. It's not commoditized space that they operate in. Um, so the commoditized design software space is where the AI most likely to be threatened because, well, people, you know, those low-end designers, you kind of do still need them. And then the AI perhaps can do some of those areas. And that is a market where a lot of those commoditized products operate in. So things like, you know, the copy versions of it for decades, they sort of operate in that commoditized space. Now, when you go into more specialized areas where, you know, LTM operates in, and then the largest competitor, which Cadence operates in, they have very specialized requirements. So this is not to say AI will replace all designers. <laughs> um, it's just that, you know, we'd like to think that human input into a lot of those designs are going to be more important now that you have the tool to help you to do a better tool is the AI and then co-design with the software. So I think for a company like LTM, it's incredibly important for them to understand the opportunity this presents because this is market dominance. This is when you, you know, LTM is investing themselves into the AI tools to make their product better. So the designer can come up with idea and perhaps streamline their process, make it easier to put their idea on sheet. And AI so far haven't, you know, demonstrated that they can replace the designer itself to start the idea itself. It's really about streamline the process and make it easier for the ultimate plan. And then our, also we see that because the overall processing might be simplified and then, you know, all of that, we actually think it's a lot of opportunity. You might need replacement cycle for those PCB boards significantly, right? And then there's a lot more demand for those software. You know, we already seen the share price for Cadence, which is the largest player in the US. Uh, they operate in slightly different areas, but, you know, share price running very aggressively because of the AI, because of the need for replacement of a lot of those things. And then we see LTM is you know, very well positioned into that growth. So Jumbe, to close out then, we always like to look a decade from now and and try and think about where the company would be. So from your point of view, where do you expect Altium to be if management can execute on their plans and maintain market dominance? What does the company look like in 10 years' time? Look, at the company always significantly larger. At the moment, 40% of the SME market. We expect to take quite a significant share out of the enterprise market. Enterprise is a larger, more corporatized, the premium end that's where uh, they are actually at the moment start taking share out of Cadence. So, you know, the, we see them growing quite substantially into that space. And even with the SME, because they're shifting customers into more cloud-based, you'll see the earnings are much more uh, SaaS-like type of earnings. Um, you know, so that means just very consistent year in, year out sales, sort of cash flow coming through, very predictable. And then with price increases and then with your market share gains. So it's already a very profitable business. But from here on, we do think the company company will become significantly larger as it grow into the enterprise space. But, you know, obviously AI is another thing that could potentially double or triple this entire market opportunity. But that is, you know, we're just going to follow them, see how they perform in that area. Awesome. Well, Jumbe, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for your time. We do really appreciate it. As Ren said, great to see a homegrown hero taking on the world. Thank you so much, Jumbe. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk about a great Australian company. Thank you. Thanks, Jumbe. Before we go, a huge thanks to our summer series partner, Comsec, the home of investing. If you're looking for more support and resources to build confidence in the market, head to their content hub. Otherwise, you can get $0 brokerage on your first 10 trades for Australian markets when you join, brokerage on US stocks from just $5, US and you can invest from as little as $50 through the ComBank app. Download the ComBank app today or visit combank.com.au. 
Comsec T's and C's and other fees and charges apply. Investing in overseas markets exposes you to additional risk. Now, next episode, we're speaking with Oscar Oberg about Viva Energy. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have physicians in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.